Welcome back to the Attention Podcast. I'm Dan Sanchez with Sweetfish, and today I'm here with Caitlin Cassidy, who is the Director of Strategic Communications at Formation. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dan. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Today, we're going to be talking about how messaging impacts audience growth. And it's funny because when I think about audience growth, we're always wanting it, always going for it. We hardly ever sit down sometimes and think about how to apply our own marketing principles that we're doing for our product and actually apply it to the audience, actually apply it to the owned media that we want to grow. So I was excited to sit down with Caitlin and talk about how she's had some wins at formation with how to get the right messaging just to market your marketing, essentially. So Caitlin, how do you find that messaging applies to audience growth? Like, what are you looking for? Yeah, I think that like anything, like any part of marketing, what's so critical for us all to remember is it doesn't matter what we're selling, what the product is, who the audience is, whether it's a physical or a digital product, or if you're just trying to get someone to connect with you to sell them something down the road, um, we're all humans. So I really bring it back to the the idea of storytelling. And I think that's why I nerd out on messaging so hard is that it's really about making sure that you connect with someone in the right way. And I think that when you start to nail that down, you start to the, see, and I have started to see this in my role is like, you start to see this authentic growth of your audience because you're talking to them about things that matter to them. You're talking to them about the challenges they're having. And I think a big thing for me is knowing like, the right message isn't the same for everyone, but if you are authentically telling a message that you know resonates with the group of people you're trying to attract, it's it's about a slow growth there. Like it's not a silver bullet. It's about finding that right tone and continuing to iterate on it. Awesome. So a lot of the same principles from product messaging carry over to audience growth messaging for growing your channel. In our pre-interview, you gave me a line that you said there's no perfect messaging. And I was like, what? Tell me more about that. And that kind of became the basis for the show even. Like, what do you mean by no perfect messaging? Yeah. I mean, I'm of the opinion that like, there's no perfect anything. So that probably skews into this perspective of mine. I love it. I think that we struggle as marketers. You iterate on things so long. Like you have the ability when you're, you're not having a conversation like this. I think a lot of us are less concerned when you're chatting with someone about using the perfect word here, the perfect word there, because you know, in the broader context, we have a lot of time to explain things. I think when you dive into messaging, a lot of us fear that like, I only have these three lines and that's what I have to use to crack this open and get someone to engage with me. And so there's a lot of fear in getting it perfect. But I think it's, it goes back to some bigger marketing principles of like, who are you trying to attract? What are you trying to get them to do? And again, like every human is different. So something that works for Caitlin is not going to work for Dan. And I think that's what I want to get more folks to. And what I try and work with my team on is the perfect message doesn't exist because the perfect message isn't the same for everyone. So for me, what it's really about is thinking through what do we as a company want to get across? What challenge are we solving? And once we kind of have that core piece of it, it's about iterating on it, testing it in different channels not being so tied to like, let's get it to a hundred percent. And then we'll, then we'll release it to the world. Like let's get it to 80%, put it out there, get some feedback and continue evolving it. And I know that's a bit of like just startup mentality too. When you've got a tiny team, you really can't get things so perfect, but it's really been working for my team. We've really seen some great feedback and we've been able to iterate on our message at formation over the past, I'd say six months. It's, we've really seen some steam around it and it's really, kind of helped me nail into this idea that like, 
we got to stop thinking about perfection in messages and start thinking about the iteration in messages. I love it. I love pulling from startup world all the time. I don't know about you, but when I start digging, usually when I'm trying to troubleshoot something that's going on in marketing and you're going deep and then deeper and then deeper, sometimes I found like, I'm not even in marketing world anymore. I've gone so deep. I'm now in entrepreneur world, right? Yeah. You're like, wait, are, like we're even trying to figure out what the market is right now. I don't even know if the right product, do we even have the right product for the right person? Like, what are we doing right now? Right? So I find a lot of marketers end up becoming mini entrepreneurs, maybe intrapreneurs or something like that in their pursuit to build good marketing. And I love what you said, like there's no perfect messaging. It reminds me a lot of Toyota's kind of famous phrase that kind of kickstarted like the whole lean manufacturing uh, movement, like always better, never best, right? It's kind of become like a life motto for me, partly because I never, I'm like, it's, I just have to get over it. Like it's never going to be perfect. Just publish and move on. Maybe, maybe the next one will be a little bit better, right? Yeah. I think that's the thing we forget is that there is always going to be another shot at this. Like putting something out into the world, like it can be so scary, but it can be amazing too. Like you got to just publish and see what happens. I'll give you an example. We actually just last week launched this massive industry how-to guide formations in an emerging category. So we're really educating the market even on like why they even need to think about us right now. It's not a rip and replace kind of sale. It's a like, this is a fundamentally different way of putting your like loyalty offers on in market. And we've been writing this guide for months with any massive piece of content like that. And we've been going back and forth on a couple pieces and we did finally get down to it where we're like, this is really good. And we know the core message, like our intention and our vision with this is really strong. We have to just publish it and go for it and see what the world thinks. And we came to an agreement as a team where we're like, let's follow the model of like, we're going to revisit this next winter and decide what is version two of this? Like, what have we learned by putting version one out into the world which like, again, is scary as shit. I spent four months of my life like helping wrangle and pull this together. But I know the message is good, probably not perfect. And I guarantee I'm going to start getting some feedback on little nits here and there, but that's okay. That makes V2 that much better. And it'll be just as exciting to be able to launch that out in the world next year and understand like, hey, we had a whole year's worth of information to learn from. It evolved our message. It helped us hone in on a couple areas of our message that maybe we just didn't even understand before because we are in an emerging space. And something that massive is big where you're getting a year's worth of feedback. But when you even think about like that core message of our company, like we're now disseminating that on all of our other owned channels. So how my team is using that in social posts, how our head of product and product management is using that as they build out future like release iterations it all matters. Like it's all those little tests that you get. And that I think is where it gets into like messaging is not perfect because the people you sell to on the world we live in is constantly changing. So like, let's get out a really good version today, knowing that there's always going to be a shift tomorrow. So what does a proper messaging cadence look like? Because messaging isn't just a one-time story you posted. It's not just a one and done thing. It's an ongoing thing. It has multiple facets. So what does it look like? And paint a little bit of a picture by giving like a case study of what you've done. Yeah. I have a couple different, (laughs) a couple very strong opinions about what messaging cadences or frameworks look like. I have to steal a quote though from my boss. Um, When I was actually joining Formation, he told me that he's a huge like 90s hip hop fan. And he told me that like what he wants us to get to is this idea that we have this core messaging for the company and then everyone else who is working on messaging or content should be able to remix it in some way. 
And I just loved that. I wish I'd come up with it. I kind of thought about just stealing the idea for this podcast, but I'm not going to. I'm going to give him credit where it's due. But we've really taken that to heart. And so, I mean, God, you can search and find all sorts of different like buyers, journeys, messaging frameworks out there. I personally love um, Forrester's messaging framework. And so why I think it's really good is that it's very high level and it lets you build out what you need. Like I think some of the other messaging frameworks dive a bit too deep where you're kind of talking before about like you start to go down this rabbit hole of like marketing and messaging and all of a sudden you're an entrepreneur. I think some of those frameworks are too detailed and they don't let the marketer actually really envision what it should look like in their company. I'm actually unfamiliar with the the framework. Can you share it with me in the audience? Yeah, absolutely. So the framework is simple. It fits on one slide, which I love. It starts at the top with what's your message and vision. So it does start with corporate positioning. It then dives into a couple of different areas where it looks at what are your segments? What are your audiences? How does that flow into different product lines? How does that flow into different product positioning? So it's this messaging framework that really takes your vision of the company and that corporate positioning and flows it all the way down to like, how should your product positioning be out there? Like what words are you using in your demo videos? So it really gives you this flow and why I think it's so powerful and like why I'm such a fan is that a lot of times you see this problem with messaging where people in different parts of the organization own different pits. So naturally product marketing is going to own product positioning. A lot of times strategic communications or corporate marketing will own like a company vision there's this massive gap sometimes if you don't have good team alignment of like, how do they flow together? And so what I really like with Foresters is that it does, it forces you to gut check yourself almost. It's like, does this all flow together? If we can say, yes, we can go from that top mission and vision and take those steps all the way downward. That to me is where you have this really strong messaging framework, which then gets into a bit more of your question around the cadence where like, I think once you have that, it's so much easier, especially as a leader, to let your team free a little bit where you're like, you have the backbone of your messaging. Now let's go start testing it in market. Let's get that big piece. So again, for us, we built this massive guide, this industry guide that takes all of those messaging components into into perspective. From there, I can say to my team, let's go see how this one message works with this audience. Like, We have a a community, it's called the Loyalty Innovators Community, where we talk with folks that are maybe not formation customers yet, but we're talking to them about just these like bigger, like messier problems in loyalty marketing. We can go see there where I'm like, hey, let's go see how this resonates here because this is core to our message, but you know, a little bit more on the educational piece as opposed to someone who's in a sales cycle where it's like, yeah, let's dig deeper and use like a different part of that messaging. Kind of getting back to our the original like topic of this of like, how does that messaging drive audience growth? I think that's the piece is where when you have that really strong framework, all of those different messaging pieces and the cadences that go out, it helps you build the audience in a more organic way because you do get to test it for some of these little subsets of your audience where you're like, I do think this will resonate better over here versus over here. So you're not so tied to like one message, which again, I think there's no perfect message. Like it lets you be flexible in how you engage with people. And to me, that's the basis of audience growth is trying to get people to emotionally connect with your brand. Like that's that's the end goal, no matter what your brand is. And I think a strong messaging framework actually lets you do that more authentically because people aren't afraid of deviating a tiny bit as long as they know kind of like what their boundaries are. So 
Let's see, how would this apply to something like a podcast? Now, I assume you wouldn't change the mission and come up with a new mission and vision for something like a podcast, but you want to grow an audience, the specific channel chosen as a podcast, maybe with like a social channel for promotion. Mm-hmm. How would you start to branch off like the mission and the vision of the company to form messaging that's specific to this podcast that you're building? I'm sure there's a lot more inputs you would want to have. And we can just make some of those up as we go. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's always a lot. I think the research part, like the investigation part always takes longer than I anticipate, no matter how many times I do this. Oh yeah. I'm always like, oh yeah, we've got a lot of this information. And then you realize like, no, everything I read like sparks another question <laughs> and then I have to go deeper. So I do think it's that piece of like, let's go investigate what we've got. And then it comes down to some core marketing principles of like, who's your audience? What are you trying to get them to do? And what are the triggers that you think will get them to take that action, whether it's a sale, whether it's listening to a podcast in this instance? And so that's for me is thinking through like, okay, so if we have the theme for the podcast, we have our core message, what are some of the subsidiary messages? Like that big message should be your umbrella, but like, are there five or six subtopics that really make sense? Let's start trying to promote some of those on social and see is one tapping in, like is one driving greater engagement than the others? All right, we're on to something here. Maybe we're going to start shifting, you know, 30% of our messaging to that one message, 40% and see if we continue to grow there. So that's where I think of it from an iterative standpoint is like when you have the mindset where it's like we walked in on it, we're going with it, that's it. You don't get to... have those on the fly decisions of like, wow, this is working really well. Let's try this deeper. And so I think that's where it can be really powerful to say, if socials are channel, I mean, think about how fast social analytics are. Like we can go in every day and see who's engaged with which piece of content. And so that for me is where I really start to think it's, um, it's powerful that you could pull the information, but kind of to your point earlier about like publish it and go, (laughs) like it lets you do things like that where like, you can start publishing pod. Like in this instance, I would look at it as like, all right, we have the message. Let's publish the first couple of podcasts. Let's get those messages out there. Let's get some feedback on it. And then that starts to evolve future conversations that we're going to have with people. So when you say you have the message, what does that mean? Is there a specific document that has the holy grail of the message? <laughs> and if so, like, what are the like different labels within that document? Yeah. Yes, there is a document. I'm a former journalist, so I can't not have things written down. So oh, for sure. For me, it's a document. It's preferably a uh, like a Word doc or a Google doc, not a slide. That does not work for my brain um, when it comes to messaging. So I do start at the top of like, what is our, what's our mission? And then I also want to set out like, what's our point of view? And the point of view to me is part of the message where you're really talking about what's happening in the world today? Because I think part of good messaging is thinking through what's the challenge your audience is facing? Why is the status quo not working for them anymore? And then it's about educating them on like what comes next. And again, educating could be come listen to this podcast because we're going to teach you some cool stuff. It could be come download my guide. You know, like that piece is can be flexible, but within that messaging doc, you should have that POV of like, what does the world look like today? And why is there a better option? So those are the two big things. Like, I think if you can get those written down and get some good team agreement on this, because this shouldn't be written by one person. Like I often end up being kind of like the, 
the driver of this program when it comes to messaging, but there's inputs from so many other people on the team, executives, your CS leaders, your product managers, like there's a ton of people that have really good insights and you should not be creating this in a silo. If you don't have a lot of people arguing with you, when you start to put those down, you're doing it wrong. So I think that's where it gets to is like, get those first two. Like if you have those in a word doc, you can start thinking through like, how am I going to make those remixes? Like, how can I start to evolve this into different channels and conversations? Interesting. Do you have people approve it before they go out um, to make sure it stays aligned to it? Or you just kind of like trust them and let them go? A little of both. I would say I start with like, let's have the conversation. Like I've recently onboarded a new content marketer. And so she and I have had a lot of conversations about like, how do, what is our tone? What is our message? How do we get things out there? she's now pretty much at the point where I can be like, yes, you've nailed it. Go run. That's why I hired you is that like you get to go own some of these other channels and start building our audience there. And I now know that she's like really gotten dialed in on what our message is. And from an iterative standpoint, you're iterating once a year or do you do you take a look at it more more often than annually? You know, it's funny. So at Formation, I'm just coming up on my year mark. So it's been a lot. It's been like more of an ongoing process. I'll answer more broadly in the sense that like in the past, I do like to look at like the formal messaging doc once a year as really a good gut check of like, what have we learned? Because I do think those feedback loops, and that can come from anywhere that can come from your sales team, from your execs who are out in market, hearing from VCs and analysts, from your customers. I really like to keep that feedback loop open. And so I think sometimes especially again at a startup where things are moving fast, you'll see that like short form content, like I'll start to be like, oh, some of these blogs are really resonating and it's actually like evolved the messaging a bit here because we learned some new things. We do need to go back and revisit that core document and say like, hey, we need to update this. So I make it a point to always go back at least once a year, but I do often find that it's two or three times a year. I recognize that something has started to shift and I go back and look at it. And sometimes it's realizing where you're like, actually, no, we're still pretty solid. It's just that like, we've expanded how we talk about things, which is great. And then there have been other instances where I've gone back and be like, okay, you guys, we all need to sit back down and assess, is this shift the right one? And if it is, that's awesome. But like, let's, again, I think that's the big thing with messaging is that it's easy to say like, oh, that's just communications job and be like, it just lives in a bucket over here. But in fact, your company together should all be telling the same story just from everybody's different voices. So I do really think alignment on that messaging is how you get to better audience growth because you're creating consistency across all those own channels. To play the devil's advocate a little bit on getting a lot of voices to speak into the messaging, one thing that I found, I I agree, because if not everyone's bought in on it, it's kind of like, then no one's going to use it. It's pointless, right? Yeah. One thing I have found with having a lot of cooks in the kitchen is that it pulls messaging to be vanilla to be a little bit more safe. Yes. Right? Which, you know, can be a little boring at times. (laughs) How do you keep it to be, like to be a really strong message that is a little bit more passionate than something where consensus just drives it to a mediocre message? That's a great question. And I've seen that happen many a time where it does, it starts to drive it. I think the other thing you get with too many cooks in the kitchen is it becomes, it's a bit of a Frankenstein because everyone's trying to use it for their own purpose. And so it just becomes this like amorphous blob of messaging. One of the ways that I've figured out over the course of my career to make this work is that you do have a point in time where input is done, where you're like, okay, we have to like bake this and go because there's always different ideas that you can bring in. So giving people hard stop, I think gives you a good 
point in time for people to really sit down and think about it and give you their most honest opinion. Like you don't get the throwaway conversations then if you're like, you have one week, let's do this. I think the other thing, I mean, in a perfect world, you have an executive who has a really passionate outlook and then pushes for that. That doesn't always happen. So (laughs) that's more of a happy messaging experience. When you don't, when you have executives that are pushing you more towards that vanilla, in some instances, I've done tests with it and shown that it wasn't attracting people. And so it became a bit more of an onerous process, but we actually put the really bland vanilla messaging out and then came back with data and was like, we did nothing. Like no one cared. It didn't break through the noise. And so then we've ratcheted it back up to where we originally wanted it, where it did have that passion. Excellent. So if somebody's just getting started and maybe is looking into this framework in order to create the messaging, let's just say they have they have a good sense of like a first pass on the message. They're not happy with, totally happy with it. It's not perfect, but they've gotten some buy-in. They've made this document. What are some steps they can take to actually make sure it gets implemented? Yeah. I would say first is just admit to yourself that you'll probably never be happy with the whole thing. And that's okay <laughs> to go back to my original thesis. It's never going to be perfect. And that's that's all right. I think from there it's doing, it's again, it's like marketing for your marketing team. Like put on your own like messaging roadshow, take it to the right stakeholders, talk to them about why this is important. Give them some data points of like where things have worked. I think that's a key step. I think one of the other things is really just understanding that like you're not going to win every battle. You're going to have an executive at every company who does not agree with having to deal with a messaging framework. That's something I've dealt with my entire career is people are like, no, no, I know what I'm talking about. And they go do their own thing. Don't fight every battle, I think is the other. When it comes to more like the tactical, like the messaging and the writing, I'd say figure out what your tests are. Like get some of those small wins. So figure out what are some of the like short form content or quick campaigns, whether that's social or digital ads, so that you can start to put some tests out in market and understand like, how is this resonating? I think anyone who's working on a messaging framework is really, we're coming into it because we we care about connecting with people. Like when you do that, your goal is for people, your goal is to break through the noise. Your goal is for people to pay attention. And so a lot of times we have this idea in our head and we're never a hundred percent sure if it's going to work or not. And so I'd say validate that for yourself. Even if it's not a live option, I've done it before where like I've tested messaging programs with friendlies at my company, people I used to work with, friends in the industry where I was just like, hey, please spend five minutes and give me your honest to God raw feedback on what this, like, what this felt like for you. What did it make you want to do? What were you confused about? Because I do think that's part of it is like, there can be too many cooks in a kitchen, but I think with messaging, it's equally as dangerous to have one person doing the whole thing because then you're not really expanding into like what everybody else might feel about this. You spend too much time thinking about it (laughs) as a marketer. And so I think that's the big thing is like, go run some tests, go figure out what you think is working, what you can like on paper see is working, and then come back and iterate on it, refine it. And I think that's the big thing is like, get comfortable with the fact that this is a framework. You don't have to use this three sentence vision for every single thing. Like it's a, I feel like a broken record here, but like, that's my remix idea is that like, you just, you have to have the feeling, like you have to have that concept for all of your messaging. But when you think about like the way folks are using LinkedIn today, we have like a vision for what we're supposed to talk about. But on our team, we have a lot of different personalities, even just on our marketing team. So the way I talk about content that's come out is completely different than how some of the other team members talk about it. That's a good thing. 
we shouldn't all sound the same. And so I think that's, again, like go back to that messaging. And if you're looking at your doc and you're like, I think this is pretty good, start running with it. Like, I think that's the biggest thing is like, don't get so caught up in making it perfect. Get a good enough version and start testing some things. And once you know, like, yeah, this is working pretty well, put that framework where everyone can see it. So if they need to go back and reference it, they can. And then start running your programs. Like messaging is supposed to be a framework to go build all the other cool creative stuff that we know is going to help us attract our audience. Well, fantastic. Caitlin, thank you so much for joining me on the Attention Podcast today. Where can people go to learn more from you and from Formation Online? Yeah, so from Formation, go to formation.ai. You'll get all sorts of information. The guide that I talked about is right there front and center. Please take a look at it, um, if only to soak my own ego. I really appreciate that. And then for myself, um, please do connect with me on LinkedIn. I love chatting about messaging, writing, all sorts of other like really kind of geeky, but things I love marketing type stuff in the messaging world. So um, LinkedIn, Caitlin Cassidy, um, hit me up there. Fantastic. Again, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks so much, Dan. 